It's election eve. I hope y'all standing in line, those of you who not voted, trying to get your vote on, get that vote on. So proud of you that are voting for the first time. So proud of you all who are voting for the first time. Like I said, it's the voters' eve, y'all. Yeah. Tomorrow is the last day. The polls go in at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. And hopefully everything will go as planned and will go as well as to be expected. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump has cast doubt on a peaceful transition of power. But the preparation for one is on well, is underway. Our president, Donald Trump, has cast doubt on whether he will commit to a peaceful transfer of power. Should Joe Biden win. It doesn't matter. It don't matter, but you know, it is what no, it what is. What He's been talking care? about that for a while. So, you know, he's been talking about that for it a while. It should be peaceful. It should. It always has been peaceful. Yeah. So, don't don't make it into anything else. So, um... If you, if, if you win, you win. Okay? But the secretive process to prepare a would-be Biden administration has been underway for months with help from the top Trump officials. So, you know, we'll, I just hope and pray it's a peaceful transition. Because, you know, it, it really doesn't it take to, all of that. It should be peaceful. It always, like like the, he said. Exactly. It don't need to be anything else. But it probably will be. We just don't know. This will toss up. The legally mandated transition happens every four years and ensures, should a transfer of power be needed, the incoming president is able to use less than three months to stand up a government and hit the ground running on Inauguration Day. Mm-hmm. But a lot of experts are saying that a possible transition from Trump to Biden because of the ongoing you know what we're going to, the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. The difference between the two candidates and an economic downturn gripping the nation could be among the most consequential in modern history. Mm. This is just a mess. I don't know why it's going to be consequential. It shouldn't be. At the end of the day, tally the votes. Yeah. Whoever win, win. win. COVID ain't got I'm about to no. say something. I'm going to just be nice. Mm. Since we on the air. COVID, I'm going to say, COVID doesn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. But you know. Well, when. I'm keeping it classy. When. Got it. Don't need anything else. And Trump has not made the consequences of that possible transfer any less tense. Regularly dodging questions about a peaceful transition of power to Biden. Mm-hmm. And baselessly questioning whether the election will be fairly decided. But his administration, led by Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Deputy Chief of Staff for Policy Coordination Chris Liddell, has been working with Biden's team to prepare for the possible handover. So, 
I, you know, it, it's I don't want no fighting. Yeah. I don't want the country getting in an uproar. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, um, no race war. Yeah. I mean, because that's just ridiculous. You know, that's just pure hatred. Like, That's just pure hatred. Y'all gotta you don't, but, accept who wins. You know, and so with the with the White House's, you know, even with their current cooperation, the Biden team is making preparations for potential roadblocks from Trump and his administration. Multiple sources familiar with the work of the transition team has said. So they're going to set up roadblocks? You can't get in the White House? Y'all are playing for real. They can, they, Y'all are seriously playing for real. This is the worst mess I ever heard in my ever. This looks like something out of a, a movie or something that's just like, this is just crazy. This is just ultimate, this is just madness crazy. It's like a... I don't know. Yeah. I ain't gonna say it is, but it's almost like I feel like kids. Yeah. Well, I'll block this so you can't come in. Something's not something. Something's off. Something's like, that's not normal behavior. Like kids, like, that's not that's not normal. Yeah. That's not rational behavior. Something in the something something's you know. Just, Something ain't right. Somebody, I Let mean, let them tally up the votes. That's that's just that's just acting like you got some type of something going on. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that's like somebody you know that's got some behavioral issues. We gonna barricade the door, and they ain't gonna be able. To, no, no, you know, it's like some something behavioral going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, Wait. Well, Biden's team began its work over the summer. And it's a robust operation with two of the multiple co-chairs. And um, they're taking the primary lead in overseeing the ongoing efforts. Kaufman, a close Biden ally who has advised... The former vice president for decades is also an expert on presidential transitions. During the short time, term, he, excuse me, he served as a senator from Delaware after Biden became vice president. He passed a bill aimed at streamlining the transition process. So yeah. we're going to see how that works. And Anita Dunn, the senior advisor to the Biden campaign and former White House communications director, is another of the co-chairs along with the New Mexico governor. And Louisiana rap. So we'll have to see. Yeah. But the good news is Biden's efforts has been growing for months. And according to a source, it's up to at least 150 people. So, you know, another source familiar with the transition staff and plans tells tells everybody that the effort could get as large as 300 people Mm -hmm. by the inauguration should a transition be needed. Biden's transition team is technically housed at the Department of Commerce's headquarters in Washington. But like most of America during the pandemic, they have been working virtually. Yeah, that's safe. Okay. This will likely continue 
after the election, says the transition official. So how they going to do that and you at home? Well, I guess that's why they're working on it. So similar to past transitions, the Biden transition team is currently doing everything from preparing for personal changes to generating lists of potential appointments, reviewing the okay. potential policy implementation to researching executive orders that a President Biden could issue the earliest days of his presidency, should he be elected. Biden, when asked about a possible cabinet, has said he wants a cabinet that looks like the country. Mm. Me- look- that looks like the country, y'all. Say it again. Meaning a body that is racially diverse, comp- comprised of a number of top women. Okay. Mm-hmm. And discussions about senior administration roles, including cabinet appointments, have taken into account the importance of that diversity. So he's taking out the sexism. The, the racism and the ageism. Because there are still a lot of seniors that can contribute back to society. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that can do very well. Yeah. Biden's transition advisory board includes a number of people considered front runners for top administration posts. Like former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. Former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg and former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. So that sounds good because he was, you know, he was going to run for office. So anyway, mm-hmm. so so that'll be good. Let's just get it to look like America. Yeah, you know, not a whole room full of men yeah. making it look like a, you know. Making it all equal. I don't want to say what it looked like because I don't want to. I want to be fair because I'm a fair person and I'm definitely not for, you know, support of racism. I'm just not. I'm not that type of person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm glad that he's being diverse. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's entitled to their beliefs and all of that. But it's better. We come in peace. It's better to all be together and not showing hatred. Exactly. Stop showing the hatred. So they, they've been planning it for months and months and months. And we're just going to have to see what we just going to have to see. Mm-hmm. If he's elected, what's going to happen? I know I just I don't want no riots. Yeah. I don't want no fighting. I don't want people being hurt. You know, mm-hmm. they going to the store or going, going to work or, yeah. you know, just getting hurt and beat up and stuff because if Biden get elected and Trump don't, that don't make no sense. Yeah, that don't make Setting no up sense. fighting and, and hurting innocent people because you mad. We need a psychiatrist at the end of the election to talk about coping skills world. It's called coping skills. Mm-hmm. Use your coping skills. It's hard to lose. Whoever loses, it hard losing is hard. It hurts. It breaks your heart. But you have to walk away. If you lose, walk away. Don't start causing a chaos and have people sitting up there hurting people and fighting and kicking and cussing and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
This is the United States. Can't we here live in peace? Mm -hmm. I get tired of this stuff. It's a nightmare. And Halloween already over. We'll be back in a moment. interview amid Trump controversy, y'all. Mm. It's getting heated. Mm. A fiery ice cube blasted CNN on Thursday after he said the network canceled his appearance on the Chris Cuomo show, a move that came just two days after the hip-hop star confirmed that he's advising President Trump's administration on a plan for black America. Mm-hmm. So the powers that be canceled my interview. That's what Cuomo said. At Cuomo Primetime tonight, he tweeted. I've actually been banned from CNN for a few months. So I was surprised they even asked. But it seems like they can't handle the truth. Mm. Mm. Let's see. Let's, let's what, what kind? What kind? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And I need to research this a little more. I'm a little late on this story. The former NWA star who once rapped about arresting Trump is under fire this week for taking active role in the president's so-called platinum plan. And I want to know what that platinum plan is. Mm -hmm. A new initiative aimed at winning over black Americans. Critics and disappointed Ice Cube fans lashed out at the rapper's decision with some accusing him of working with the dark side. He's working with the dark side. Mm. Are you working with the dark I'm just kidding. What? But they accused him, you know. Yeah. I just want to, you know, so. It's unclear why the uh, interview with CNN was canceled. And whether it had actually been banned, you know. Yeah. From him, you know, appearing on his shows. But, but like, then why would you even interview him. Well, they didn't they some the question was asked, but they didn't even come back with no comment. We'll be right back. You can't touch this on the The question is, will Thanksgiving be a super spreading event? Mm, that, that's a good one. We got to look to Canada for answers, y'all. So? So, three weeks after Canadians celebrated their Thanksgiving holiday, mm -hmm. the country is seeing a natural spike. A national spike in mm -hmm. cases. Several cities and provinces 
have shattered single-day records for the coronavirus infections. And Canada's top doctors say the holiday held on October the 12th mm-hmm. is partly to blame. Mm. Prior to Thanksgiving, I made a lot of appeals to people about the need to keep the family gathering small. Dr. Bonnie Henry, British Columbia's provincial health officer said last week as she announced a ban on inviting more than six people into your home. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there were a number of events that have happened that have led to quite a dramatic increase over the past week. Now, the U.S. may be on the verge of repeating Canada's same fate as America's begin making plans for their holiday that is quickly approaching. Yeah. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, has for weeks yeah. and months mm-hmm. warned that the coronavirus precaution will result in a very different kind of Thanksgiving for many people this year, himself well, included. Yeah. He got to change his plans, too. He got to change his plans, too. Just like everybody else. Setting up there with more than six people up in your house. Sneezing. Mm. And ain't wearing no mask. Why ain't you wearing no mask? He ain't. No, I'm talking about just in general. I know, but I'm just saying. It just don't make no sense. You may have to bite the bullet and sacrifice that social gathering unless you're pretty certain that the people that you're dealing with are not infected. Yeah. And that means they didn't before the Thanksgiving, they all went to they all went and got the COVID test. And the COVID test came back negative. Everybody that's going to eat the turkey and dressing, and some people call it stuffing, and all that good stuff. Everybody gotta be clean. Don't they listen? You don't know who got got it. You got to get tested, and then you gotta stay away from people before you go on your trip. Exactly. He's saying, you know, you gotta make certain that the people you're dealing with are not affected. Either they've been very recently tested, like I just said. Or they're living a lifestyle in which they don't have any interaction with anybody except you and your family. That means you would have to go get COVID tested. Okay? Yeah. And maybe the week before Thanksgiving. And then you go on a Monday and you get your test back. But or either a third. I don't know how. However long many days the test take to come back. You do that. And then you got that following Thanksgiving week off. But everybody don't work like that. Yeah. You got to go to work. So. Virtual. Virtual you can't, and they don't have inter, any interaction with, with you and your family. Because this is a sneaky little disease. Because, you know, you could be asymptomatic. For weeks, Canadian political leaders in virus hotspots have barred dining, eating, closed gyms and theaters, and restricted large gatherings. 
but family gatherings and house parties are still fueling new COVID-19 cases, straining hospitals and increasing deaths, according to the country medical expert. York Region Public Health, a health unit of North Toronto, said a Thanksgiving party with an extended family led to 10 COVID-19 infections, including three babies. Guess who ain't going to that family turkey dinner? Uh, over here. I done already made, excuse me. I'm going to have to talk a little bit more proper. I'm not going. I have already told my family members that are we're planning a gathering that don't look for me to be coming because I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. I love you. We can FaceTime and I can be right there with you, but I'm not coming. You know, the virus also spread to another household infecting four more people. And to a workplace where two or more people were infected with the virus. Yeah. And so, Toronto's medical officer warned that the infection rates in the city are going in the wrong direction. And that the timing points to Thanksgiving gatherings as a problem. It's clearly challenging to wear a mask while you're trying to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner or a meal with friends and family. She said last Monday. These are the kind of circumstances that give rise to virus transmission to virus spread and that actually perpetuate the infection throughout our city. Exactly. That's true. So, um, your region medical officer of health warned that while family gatherings may seem harmless, they are a good example of how the coronavirus is spread and they are Canada is now experiencing a stubborn second wave of COVID-19 despite widespread mask wearing mandates. We are in an unprecedented global pandemic that really sucks. Yeah. It is tough going through this second wave. It's frustrating. Canadian Prime Minister said during a press conference last Tuesday. This sucks. It really does. He suggested Christmas gatherings might be off the table, given rising infections. Mm-hmm. You can't go to the, if say you do go to the Thanksgiving, uh, to the Thanksgiving family gathering. You know how you, you you're not gonna take. Why would you take your mask off? You can't. You do can't that. take your mask off, and you gotta do social distance. You know, you want to get that family member that you haven't seen a hug and a kiss. Yeah. But, excuse me, y'all. It was a, it was, I'm sorry. This is not funny. I'm sorry. I just killed a gnat. It was getting on my nerves. Anyway, when you're around your family members, you can't. You have to keep your mask on yeah. because I'm going to tell you, even before COVID, and I'm, this, is, this is just related to COVID, but it's not related to COVID. I'm just giving you an example of how this stuff can spread. A, a fair, I remember a family member had passed away. All the family was there. Everybody was coming. This was before COVID. People, we all gathered in the house and you know, talking and stuff as family members do and stuff. People coming in from out of town and all of that stuff. Yeah. 
and you get one come in. I mean, this is true tea. True story. Oh, how you doing? You get, giving you a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And then, who? yeah, I mean, so, so how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. I got the flu. Uh, and it's like, what enough? Why are you, you want to say, are you? And then you run in the bathroom. You, well, you don't run because you don't want to, you kindly bow out away from around them. And you go in that bathroom and you scrub your face. Yeah. And then, you know, you take other precautionary methods. But I'm not going to tell you what I do. Because you'll do it and then I have a problem. But I got some soap. I got some water. I wash my hands and I wash my face. No disrespect in, in case the family members is listening. But you, you all know how we do. And then one come in. I got the pneumonia. Why are you here? Why are you here? But that's just an example of how that spreads. They come over there, they have COVID, and they got their mask off and don't know it. If you guys are going to have... Or some of them them have been told that they have it, but they... I ain't got no COVID. I I feel great. I ain't got no COVID. They didn't know what they was talking about. That test was mine. You still have to wear your mask and practice social distancing. Well, you do what you want to do, but make sure you wear your mask. Take some hand sanitizer with you. Try to social distance as much as you can. And keep the group small. Please. We're begging you to slow the spread. We are all in this together. We are. Remember that when you eat that turkey. Taraji P. Henson is hosting the AMAs and Nam got some 411 to your night. Taraji P. Henson to host the 2020 American Music Awards. Empire star Taraji P. Henson will host the 2020 American Music Awards to set honor stars like Megan the Stallion, Justin Bieber, and Taylor Swift. Taraji P. Henson just scored a brand new musical gig on Monday, November 2nd. It was announced the Empire star is set to host the upcoming American Music Awards. This marks the star's first time hosting the award show. Taraji previously embraced the BET Soul Train Awards in 2009 and 2010 and hosted the Black Girls Rock Awards show for the network in 2017. Though the star is best known for her performances on the big and small screen, the Hidden Figures actress made her singing debut on the Hustle and Flow soundtrack in 2006. Her track, It's Hard... Out here for a pep with the 3-6 Mafia took home the Academy Award for Best Original Song. The Taraji performed at the ceremony. The AMAs brings together the music community to celebrate what really drives all artists, the fans, said Taraji in a statement. I'm proud to take the stage as this year's host and also a fan of what promises to be an electrifying night of music. This year's award show which is the largest fan-voted show of its kind, will be held at the Marco Soft Theater in Los Angeles on November 22nd. And that's just-